Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Centuries and Saints. This is your host for the podcast, Scott Matson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am really excited to be back with you now for our second season. Hope the podcast has been a blessing to you. Now, as I said before, on Season 2, we are taking a slightly different turn. Rather than continuing our studies of church history, which we will pick up at a later date, this season we will be looking at the attributes of God. This will be 20 different teachings dealing with several of God's attributes. Now, these are teachings that I gave when I was on staff at Applegate Christian Fellowship on K. Apple Radio's School of the Bible. So for those of you familiar with these teachings, I hope you enjoy them. And for those of you who have not heard them yet, I pray they're a blessing to you. So for this episode, we will be doing an introduction to the topic of Season 2, God's Attributes. Enjoy. Well, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to take a different course now uh, from where we've been. And what I feel impressed in my heart to do by the Holy Spirit is to begin taking a look at who is God, the attributes of God. All right, so taking a look biblically at the fullness of the character of God that we serve. All right, because it's very important, obviously, uh, you know, to know who this God is that we serve. You know, uh, thankfully, we have his word as he's revealed himself to us. All right. Now, I know for myself personally, um, I know the Lord and the Lord knows me and that's even more important. And I know that he saved me, uh, but I think we can easily spend our entire lives, you know, studying things about the Lord, you know, learning things, doing the work of the ministry. And all of that is wonderful and important. Uh, but I think we can also go our whole lives and maybe not really dig into a deep study of the fullness of who this God is that we serve, you know, the character of our God, you know, and how he's revealed himself in his word. And so with that in mind, uh, I really just felt the Lord leading me to, to start this series today and to just take a look at this over the next several weeks, you know, as, as the Lord would lead and really just get a, a biblically full picture you know, of the Lord, Father, Son, and Spirit, you know, who our God is. And it's so important, uh, you know, as A.W. Tozer, the classic author there, I'm sure most of you have at least heard of him. A.W. Tozer said this, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I 100% agree with that. I think that is absolutely correct. I think Tozer nailed it. You know, more important than anything and everything else you know, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Because the way that we view God affects everything about us. It affects the way that we live our lives, the way that we believe and practice our Christian faith. It affects the way that we view work, ministry, family, relationships, you know, our relationship to food and drink and music and art, everything, every single thing in our life flows downstream from the headwaters, so to speak, of what it is that we think about God. Now, you look at people who are involved in different religions, you know, and their view of God is that, you know, it's God's will that they go out and, and wage war on people that don't believe like they do. Or other people who believe that, you know, it's God or whatever they would call it, it's, it's God's will that they just kind of sink into this sea of nothingness. You know, all of those things. And, and those beliefs, what, what a person believes about God, influences then everything that they do and the way they live their life. So for us as Christians, 
who believe in the triune God of Scripture, the only actual true and living God, for there is no other. You know, what we believe about this God, it really does affect everything that we do and everything that we say and the way in which we live our lives. Okay, so uh, today is sort of an introduction to this new series, and I'm just sort of laying a groundwork as to why we're doing this and what this is all about. Now, a lot of the material that I'm using and a lot of the inspiration that I've gotten from this is uh, from Dr. Stephen Lawson. Okay, so Stephen Lawson, he's a theologian. uh, He's a seminary professor down in Southern California. Uh, He was a pastor for 30-something years. He is a Ligonier Ministries teaching fellow, and Ligonier is the ministry of R.C. Sproul out there in Florida. Uh, He was also one of the uh, speakers at the conference in Florida that I went to uh, back in September. And I got to meet him, actually. It was really cool. He's a great guy. You know, he absolutely loves the Lord, knows the Word like crazy, and he's just just an awesome man, just a good man of God. And so a lot of this I'm I'm getting from him. Uh, A lot of it also I'm getting from my own experience and study of Scripture. But Stephen Lawson says this, and I love this. He says, a high view of God leads to high and holy living. High theology leads to high doxology. Okay? And then he also goes on to say that a low view of God leads to low and base living. All right? So, in other words, our view of God truly informs everything that we do. The way that we read his word, the way we worship him, all of that. It's all informed by our view of God. You know, even down to our worldview, which is sort of that internal, deeply held way uh, by which we view the world and people and every aspect of life. You know, our worldview is influenced by how we view God. So it's true what Tozer said, that what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. All right. Now, as we move on here, when I'm talking about studying the attributes of God, what I'm saying is that I want us to take a look at the full counsel of Scripture, of God's Word, the Bible, and see what God has said and revealed about Himself. Okay, so my aim here is not for me to just give you my thoughts and my opinions. You know, certainly my thoughts and my opinions will emerge here and there because I'm a human being and I'm speaking, uh, but my goal, my desire especially with a study this important, is to see what he has said about himself in his word. You know, we can only know him in a specific, personal way through his divine revelation. You know, we know about him generally through creation, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1, but we only can know him, you know, specifically and directly through his revelation of himself. Thankfully, we have his word, and thankfully, he became a man, Jesus Christ. He revealed himself completely and fully in his nature. As the Bible says, in Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. So we can truly know by looking at Jesus and at his, at his word, who he is, and understand more about him. And I'm so thankful for that. Okay. Also, when we talk about the attributes of God, it's not so much a study of the things that God does uh, as much as it is the things about who God is, you know? So, like, who is God in and of himself? You know, who is he? What is his nature? You know, that's what we want to take a look at because we want to know this one, this holy great one who has saved us and loves us and chosen us and called us into eternal life. All right. Another thing that I want to get out of this study, and I hope you guys do as well, um, is because if you take a look at sort of the current theological climate uh, within Western evangelicalism, a lot of, in a lot of ways, pardon me, uh, it is very, very man-centered rather than God-centered. Uh, a lot of times, God is kind of seen 
even if people wouldn't directly say this, God is sort of seen as our self-help guru, you know, sort of the, uh, the genie in a bottle, uh, you know, and okay, you know, God exists because I want this or I need that, you know, and what can I get from God, you know, and now certainly God is a giver and he is so faithful to bless us. There's many scriptures that speak to that. Uh, but I think that a lot of the theology and a lot of the teaching uh, that goes on in the Western world uh, is very man-centered. You know, it's very narcissistic. And so because of that, uh, we want to be, as Christians, truly God-centered, theocentric in our faith and in our practice. And to be that way, we have to know who God is. Okay, we have to study him for who he is. All right, now you may be thinking, hmm, well, Scott, I... I'm not super big into the intellectual pursuits and the studies. You know, I prefer more of the experiential, you know, walking with God, experiencing his presence and his peace. And I would say to you, amen. I do too. I love that. And I fully believe in that. Okay. I'm not talking about becoming a cold, hard, uh, merely intellectual believer. What I'm saying though, is take the experience, take that intimacy and that personal uh, sweet walk that we have with our father and don't diminish that, but simply add to that more biblical knowledge of who he truly is, you know, and that will then increase that sense of intimacy, okay? So, I'm, I say that only to anticipate certain objections because I've had those own objections myself, uh, because like you, I am human, <laughs> and, you know, I've had those own objections myself. So, uh, just anticipating those, I wanted to bring that up. Check this out. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 uh, says this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, <clears throat> seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. All right. Now, when the Pharisees were interrogating Jesus about the law, they were trying to trap him. And you guys know the story there in the gospel of Matthew. They asked him, you know, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? They were trying to entrap him. And the scriptures tell us, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And then Jesus, of course, says the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. For, all, for on these two hang all the law and the prophets. Okay, so here we see in the scriptures that we are commanded. We are told by God that we are to love him with all of our being, and that includes our minds. Okay, that includes, you know, intellectual rigor and study and discipline. In 2 Timothy 2, or 2 Timothy chapter 2, you know, Paul tells Timothy to study, to show yourself approved unto God. So we see in the scriptures this precedent of not merely intellectualism, not merely just academic study, but that certainly is a part of our walk with Christ, is the academic, the intellectual, pursuing and understanding who he is. Now, I think all of us here in America, uh, and basically in the West in general, uh, we would definitely say that the cultural climate in which we find ourselves, especially here in the States, is to sort of define love as a mushy, esoteric, just complete unconditional tolerance and acceptance of everything and everybody with absolutely no judgment or discernment at all. That's kind of how our culture defines love. 
you know, well, if you love me, you'll accept me exactly as I am. You won't expect me to change and you won't judge me for it. But biblically, that's not what love is. Okay, now the Bible says in 1 John, God is love. Okay, as his word says. And we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the love of God as one of his attributes. All right, but we have to remember that we, it's important that we don't interpret God as love, you know, through the filter of our secular, ungodly, non-Christian culture. All right, so that, that's why I'm saying it's necessary for us to study and to really know who God is, you know, to understand, to love him with all of our minds. So, hence the study of theology. That's why we're doing this. Okay, so starting next week, Lord willing, we're going to get more into specifics. We're going to start looking at specific attributes of God. We're going to tackle one each week and go in depth and and try and really understand and, and mine the scriptures for what the Bible says about him in that particular part of his nature. Uh, But before we get to that next week, um, I want to kind of start closing up today, and I want to make this point, and this is very, very important, uh, because as human beings, it's natural for us, you know, to sort of divide uh, these different things up, but we have to make it clear, God's attributes, his nature, who he is, uh, this is a horrible example, forgive me, but I'm just, this is kind of off the top of my head right now. So, uh, this part of the example. So, bear with me. It's more like a chicken pot pie than a TV dinner. Okay. So, in other words, God's attributes and his nature, you know, they are not bifurcated, they are not separated into their own little compartments. And, well, God is part loving, he's part holy, part just, part merciful, part wrathful. Okay. It's not like that. All right, all of God's attributes are in perfect harmony one with another, and they work together in absolute perfection. They are not in conflict with one another, which means that God's holiness and justice and wrath do not exist in contrast with his love and his compassion and his mercy and kindness. Okay, we, It's not like one or the other. They work together in absolute, perfect, beautiful harmony. Dr. R.C. Sproul, one of my favorite theologians and Bible teachers, says this, All of God is all of his attributes in their entirety. Every attribute we ascribe to God applies to the whole of God. His attributes all exist mutually in a kind of reciprocality of attributes. Okay, in other words, we cannot bifurcate the nature of God. Okay, which means that it's not like God is, you know, 75% loving 10% holy, 10% righteous, 1% wrathful, 3% just, and 1% nice. You know, like, I mean, that's kind of stupid, but you know what I'm saying? That's not what it is. No, God is 100% love. God is 100% holy, 100% just, 100% righteous. All of God's attributes exist in perfect harmony with one another, and it makes up who he is. Okay, and that's something that we really need to understand as we dig into this study of the nature and the attributes of God. I'm excited. I am really, really looking forward to this, getting into this study with you guys, uh, you know, studying more of this in depth myself and learning as I go, and then just sort of imparting this stuff to you. And hopefully together, uh, you know, wherever you are, whether you attend Applegate or you listen from a different place, um, you know, hopefully together we can just take this journey and and better understand the nature, uh, you know, of this great God that we serve. All right, so to wrap it up here, guys, uh, a final word, and this is more just from my heart, and I'm saying this from my own personal experience, <clears throat> but I say this to let you know 
and also to just kind of give you a little bit of encouragement on the outset here. Um, it, it is quite likely, and I'm just being honest here, that as we begin this study, and especially as we delve into the attributes of God, like his wrath and his holiness and his righteous and all of that, his righteousness and all of that, um, there's very likely going to be some places where you sort of feel overwhelmed, um, completely overwhelmed by God's majesty. And if we're being completely honest, and I speak from experience, uh, even a little bit fearful maybe, because certain aspects of God, knowing that he's eternal and infinite, and that that infinite and eternality includes his complete perfection and holiness, and then we look at ourselves and we see how imperfect and how much we sin and mess up, that's scary. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It just is. But I want you to understand that that's okay. It is okay. My encouragement to you is don't shrink back from a study of God's nature and character in all of his fullness. Don't shrink back from that. Avoid that temptation and just keep trucking along with us here because God tells us through the apostle John in the book of 1 John, he says, by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Okay, that's in the book of 1 John. So what I mean to say is that when we take a look at the wrath of God, and we will, and his holiness, and his righteousness, and his omnipotence, and all of these different aspects of who he is, of course, we're also going to look at his love, and his kindness, and his humility, and how he calls himself our friend, all of that. We're going to take a look at all of these things. All right, but when we get to the attributes of God uh, that aren't talked about as much in the modern church, just sort of generally as a whole in the West, um, again, there can be a tendency to want to shrink back a little bit because it can be uncomfortable and scary and convicting, but that's good and that's okay. And again, my encouragement to you is don't shrink back. Stick with me here. Believe me, I'm saying this because I have the same issues. You know, I feel the same things. Okay, I feel sort of these conflicted emotions that I'm not used to. You know, it's not, when we study who God is, it's not all sort of fuzzy, warm goosebumps. You know, and that stuff's okay, and that's, that's valid, uh, but it's not all like that. It is, it's right for us to, you know, be in absolute awe. And, and even tremble before this God that we serve because he's so powerful and huge and big. Uh, it's just overwhelming. But the great thing is that we can rest assured that for those of us who are in Christ, you know, our Father has set his heart on us for good. He is for us and not against us. And he's shown us the depths of his goodness and his kindness towards us in sending his only Son to take that wrath that we deserved because he wanted to save you and me. It was his active good pleasure and desire to save us. Okay? So I end this teaching this morning just with that little vignette for you guys uh, because I've been there and I'm still there. Okay? I'm still studying these things myself, still working through this stuff on my own, and, and I experience those same feelings and those same uh, emotions. So stick with me. You know, don't bail, don't jump ship. Uh, this is going to be an awesome study, hopefully. Uh, if nothing else, because God is faithful. And hopefully by the end of all of this, whenever that is, you know, we'll all come away with a better understanding of the fullness of the character of our God and love him and worship him uh, in spirit and in truth even more, you know, for who he is. 
Thank you for tuning in to Centuries and Saints. I hope you've enjoyed this introduction to Season 2 and the Attributes of God. I am very excited to get into this study with all of you. So as always, thanks for listening, and I would ask that you maybe go to the podcast store, leave us a review and a rating. It really helps get the word out. And so once again, for Centuries and Saints, this is Scott Matson. I will talk to you next time.